Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Maine Golf Talk. We are joined by Alex Plummer, the head golf professional at Goose River Golf Course in Rockport, Maine. Alex is uh, commonly referred to as Plum Dog, self-described Plum Dog millionaire. Um, Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, looks like the season is uh, starting to wrap up a little quickly here, isn't it? It, it happens every year. So early October, the members are always asking, like, hey, how long are you going to stay open? Say, oh, you know, we'll try to go into mid-November. And they're like, oh, they're super excited. But all of a sudden, you know, a week like this hits and it's like over. I mean, I played nine holes yesterday morning and I saw snowflakes. So it's coming and uh, the party, the party's over. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, we, we always feel like the season wraps up quickly. But, you know, you also have your diehards that just want to play every single day into the middle of January, it seems like. So how do you balance that with, you know, with staying open, but it being like 30 degrees outside? Sure. So Maine is a very unique state in that um, there are different regions of the state. And I think Zach could relate to this. He's from Tennessee. Uh, The Smoky Mountains are a lot different than Memphis. And um, in Maine, you know, where Zach is, uh, you can't really play golf anymore. Um, In Portland, in York, in kind of Bunkport, you can play golf. Obviously, in the county, you can't play golf right now. Mid-coast is kind of like in between. Um, Basically, my golf carts are done Sunday. And then I say to anybody, look, you can walk for the rest of the year. The pins will be out in December. Um, We put sticks in the cups um you know like that but you can play all year i i don't care but the golf course won't be in good condition um so we kind of kind of wrap it up at the end of end of october but i do have some diehards and they'll migrate south a little bit they'll go to portsmouth uh they'll go to massachusetts um if they can and uh, for all intents and purposes though it's pretty much over this sunday for us in the mid coast so what do you guys do for uh, prep for, uh, for the wintertime for golf? Like for us, like, you know, we're way up here, so we get a ton of snow. So we got sure. greens covers. We do the full-on prep. That's why we close when we do. So it gives us, you know, hopefully th- two, three weeks to uh, get everything ready. Like what, what do you guys do for your wintertime prep? Sure. So every superintendent has a different kind of strategy, um, depending on where they are, what golf course they're at. I have a new guy this year. Um, just hired him and he's been incredible. And uh, I know we've kind of talked about what we want to do. He's blowing the lines out. Um, you know, the irrigation lines are blowing those out this week. We punched in September. So we're good with that. Uh, I think he's going to aerate the tees um, probably coming up soon, kind of just punch or, or kind of deep time them, uh, not, not core them. 
and he's actually going over to our water source is a quarry across the street. So he's actually over there today with the maintenance crew and uh, he's kind of finishing that up. So we won't have much water to the golf course coming up soon. Um, lots of tree work uh, now that the members are gone. Um, couple, couple of trees that uh, we, we, we want to cut down that the members don't really want to see. So we kind of wait till they leave. Uh, give them a little, a little time to process it. But, you know, just kind of closing stuff up. Most guys are, are done over on the maintenance crew. So it's kind of just my superintendent and his right-hand man. But just kind of gradual stuff. But blowing the lines out, you know, tining the tees. We won't put covers on our greens. Um, a big thing that he likes to do is he actually likes to use black sunflower seeds uh, on the greens to kind of attract sun when it gets icy. That's something he'll do um, in the early winter and late winter when it gets icy. But uh, yeah, pretty much. That's a uh, that's an interesting. It's an interesting trick. I don't I don't know anything about it, but this guy's good at what he does, so. I'll let him. I'll let him do it. So for the, our oh, listeners, uh, the uh, uh, deep tine is basically the, you don't pull out the core. So that's kind of what Alex was referring to there. So basically, you're pushing a solid tine into the ground, so then it gives some oxygen, but doesn't pull out the whole core. So it's a uh, it's a really cool way of doing it. Um, we actually do it on our greens uh, during the season occasionally, just to kind of airify but it comes back a lot faster heals quicker and provides a little bit better putting surface you can't really tell when you're actually putting because it's pushing down so it's not pulling up the surface causing those bumps up and down and it's easy i mean it's it, it, if you get a tiny machine it's like it's like nothing ever ever happened it's like vertical cutting the greens super easy all right alex so you've been at uh goose for four years now uh Tell us, how did you end up getting the uh, the head pro job at Goose River and kind of what you've experienced so far in your four years? Sure. So I was first assistant at the Samoset for four years. And in those four years, I was going to Florida, South Florida for six months to caddy in the winter. And um, I got a phone call my last year down there in the spring, early spring in Florida, like February saying that the golf pro at Goose was getting done, um, was kind of ending his 16-year tenure. So it's kind of a big deal. And I guess a couple of the members had spoken to the owner and said, you know, you should, you should talk to Alex, see, see what he wants to do. You know, we really like him over here. He did a good job and, uh, you know, he, he loves the area. So I got a phone call from the owner and uh, the rest is history. Um, my experience here has been incredible love this golf course. We have such a unique membership. It's, it's kind of the quintessential main membership. You know, I have members who never need to work again for the rest of their life. And I have members who will be working into their nineties. So we have kind of a white collar and a blue collar membership and they, they just kind of perfectly mesh together. Obviously the surrounding area where I am Camden and Rockport and Rockland, um, super, super beautiful area and we attract a ton of tourists just like you do up at Sugarloaf. So we have all kinds of people coming in. Um, it's really a diverse mix, which is kind of, that's like the thing I like the most about the golf course is just the, the different kind of people in an, in an hour I can talk to 
eight to 10 different members and I get eight to 10 different views on life, experiences in life. So to me, that's kind of been the highlight of, uh, of working here. So Alex, for, for those that don't know where Goose River is and, yeah. and what it's all about, um, you know, you're up near Rockland Golf Club and, and Samoset, two courses that, you know, a lot of people have, have probably played and, and uh, know the layouts. But what about Goose River, you know, being a nine-hole club, you know, there's some other great nine-hole courses around the state. But for those that don't um, or haven't played Goose, sure. tell us a little bit about the course layout. So I'm a big proponent of people playing nine-hole golf courses in the state. And I have a list myself. Uh and I'm kind of kind of mowing through it. And Goose should be on anybody's list. Obviously, I'm biased. But our unique feature, we have two unique features. The first one is we have two sets of tees and nine greens. So it actually does play like 18 holes. It's 6,300 yards. So it's not short by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we have a par four on the front that turns into a par three on the back. We have a 180-yard par three on the front that turns into a 320-yard par four on the back. So you do feel like you play 18 holes, even though there are nine greens. So you actually get the sense that you're playing 18 holes. And the second piece um, that, that should bring people here is we're just geographically blessed. We have an incredibly beautiful piece of property. It's about 100 acres, and it affords views of the Camden Hills. Um, you see all kinds of mountains, obviously not the same height, uh, you know, that Zach would get up at Sugarloaf, but, you know, 1,000 to 1,200 foot mountains. Um, and you're up on the fifth hole, you see views of them. You're up on the sixth hole, you see them, fourth hole. And uh, it's just a really beautiful piece of property. And it's only a mile from downtown Camden. So that's kind of a huge draw for people is that they can play in a, in a very serene setting. It's peaceful, but in five minutes, they can be in downtown Camden, which is bustling and you can get amazing food and, you know, world-class shopping. So that's kind of like one of our big draws is, is we feel rural, but we're not rural. So if you're coming to Maine and you want that kind of experience where you're hearing, you know, the birds and the, the kind of the wind going through the trees and kind of the quiet feeling, you get that. But if you also want world-class food and shopping, it's five minutes away. So that's a huge so tell us more about this, uh, these nine-hole courses that you've played. They're on your list. Absolutely. So as I said, I'm a huge proponent. Um, I've played so many in the state. Probably shouldn't admit how many days off I take during the year to go play them. But um, close to us, North Haven Golf Club is one of my all-time favorite golf courses. That's out on North Haven Island. You have to take a ferry from Rockland. Uh, it's about an hour and a half ferry ride. The golf course is beautiful. You walk from the ferry terminal. It's a half a mile up to the golf course. It's 1916. Uh, it was designed by the, the same guy who designed Brunswick and Rockland. Um, Diadema, or Diadema, however you want to pronounce it, is, is obviously another favorite. Mount Kineo is one that I am over the moon about up in Moosehead Lake. Played that five or six times. Um, Northport's close to us. Sheepskit Links in Whitefield is a great nine-hole course. Bucksport uh, is, is beautiful and probably the longest nine-hole course in the state. It's like 3,300 yards. McGunnacook, which is a mile away, it's, it's a private club uh, from me, is beautiful. Anybody who wants to play that, just call me. I, I'll, I'll help get you on. But 
there's so many beautiful nine hole courses in the state and I try to play as many as I can. I still have a couple that I haven't gotten to. So hopefully in the coming years I can, but. Yeah. All right. So we're going to transition a little bit and talk sure. about your caddying experience. Uh, most recently with the, uh, the one, the only uh, Cole Anderson. Uh, you've been on his bag for a couple of uh, big events here and uh what's it like caddying for uh for cole and how do you keep that kid uh focused so it's funny it's ironic as we speak he is uh playing in the azalea invitational at the country club of charleston which is a huge huge tournament in the south and it kills me absolutely kills me to not be on that bag with him so it's funny you bring that up um i've known cole for a long time he grew up playing here this was his first golf course and uh, we have tiny greens, so he likes to joke that he's such a good iron player because he grew up playing on these greens. Being on the bag with him is both an incredible rush and incredibly stressful because for those of you who know him, um, you know what an analytical individual he is. He is incredibly smart, so when it comes to calculating numbers, it's not just like you have 150 yards of the pin. He wants to know the cover of the bunkers. He wants to know how far the pin is off the green, you know, from the front edge of the green. He wants to know the wind direction. He wants to know the elevation. He wants to know all these different things. So every golf shot caddying for him becomes a mathematical equation. Uh, it's not just, you know, hey, don't, don't hit it on the left side of the green. Let's try to stay below the hole. Um, so that's the stressful part of it. It's a good stress, but he demands a lot from people who are around him. So it's, it's semi-stressful. The rush is every single time I'm on his bag, I know that he can win the golf tournament. And that's a huge rush. Um, Portland Country Club two years ago when he won the AM was like one of the best experiences of my life. It was like 80 degrees every single day on this absolutely beautiful golf course. And he was just picking it apart. And it's just fun to watch. Uh, he didn't even play that well that week, to be honest with you. And he still won by nine shots. But I love being on the bag with him. Um, it's literally one of my favorite things in the world. And he's a great player. So kind of a, kind of a win-win all around. I have been on the bag with him a couple times when he hasn't played well. Um, and being in the hotel room with him afterwards sometimes is a little, you know, a little dicey. There's a tournament in Chicago, the, uh, the, the Western Junior, where I made a couple bad reads. And, uh, you know, he, he let me know afterwards. And, uh, I mean, do you have time for a funny story? He probably, he probably won't want me to tell this. He played really bad the first day. He shot 78. And the cut was probably going to be about five or six over. So we were like, dude, we have to shoot even part a day or lower. So he hit this beautiful approach shot on the first green. He had like six feet for birdie. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to make this birdie. You've got a par five coming up. You know, we're going in the right direction. And he was like, I think it's a cup out to the right. And I was like, I don't think it's that much. I think it's inside right edge. And let's just say that he missed the putt. And he handed me the putter. And he's walking off the green. He goes, he looks right at me. He goes, I'm making reads for the rest of the day. I was like, okay, so good. So I was like, really whatever. I was like, okay, do what you want. Um, then on the next hole, he hit a tee shot that was like almost out of bounds and he couldn't find it. And I found it. 
And I think that kind of redeemed me a little bit. So I made some reads for the rest of the day. But he's tough, man. He's – that kid acts like a like a 30-year-old. You know him. He's tough. <laughs> so, Alex, do you uh, do you have Plum Bob when you read putts? No. No? No, man. I You know, in terms of the <laughs> – the, yeah, I know, right? I should. I should. I, I, I should, like, patent it, you know? Um, no. I like to look behind the hole. That's my thing. I'm never I'm never one to look at, at just one side of the hole. I like to see what it does behind the hole. But uh, he reads most of his putts, honestly. I just – he's a good greens reader. I'm all right. I'm nothing special. I can't lie. Well, so uh... – you know, what's the future prospect look then? If, if, if he, uh, you know, makes it to the pros here, are you uh, maybe going to sneak out on the weekends or something? Well, I can't – so I can't speak for him. Um, obviously, he's his own man. But um, we have talked about, you know, if he was to make, make a run at the tour, which he will. He'll make a run at something. There's no doubt about it. Um, that, you know, if he asked me to be his caddy, I would do that in a second. I would drop everything I have and, and, and go with him because I firmly believe that that individual can play on the PGA Tour. I'm not just saying that. Um, if he came up to me and said, hey, Alex, I found somebody at Florida State or I found somebody that, that works a little better with me, I would say, buddy, you got to do what you need to do. I'll support you either way. I love that kid for life. So whatever he wants to do, I'm in. But uh, if he ever asked me to loop for him, I, w- I, I would do it in a second. We were talking with uh, Paul DeSori back in what April, and uh, he was talking about how you know the, like, during the quarantine he kind of got out of shape and he wasn't quite ready yeah. for for uh, Webb's uh, run here. Um, <laughs> you know, are, are, I know we're still a long ways away, but I feel like you got to kind of have an idea of like, okay, I need to get in shape here because I'll be lugging this bag, you know, <laughs> six times a, six days a week. So, I. I'm pretty good with that stuff. I did 200 burpees this morning at 6.30 a.m. Uh, I'm a big workout guy, so my girlfriend would not allow me to not work out because she's on her Peloton, so I think I can handle it. He did make a funny joke to me a year ago. He said that he wanted me to have the calves that Kevin Kisner's caddy does, and I was like, dude, his legs are bigger than my body. I don't know if I can handle that, but uh, yeah, man. I can go. Hey, let the record show. I walked 18 at Mingo Springs and then 18 at Sugarloaf in one day this summer. So I'm ready to go. I'm good. I can walk. I mean, Mingo is not that easy of a walk either. I mean, that back nine, you know, 10 straight uphill. And I mean, even the awkwardness of the front nine. Let me tell you, Mingo Mingo Springs, I played it first time this year. That, because I played with uh, Kyle in the state of Maine. And he said, come on over. That was my favorite golf course that I hadn't played this year. Love it. Love everything about it. Great golf course. Yeah, if they can get uh, the condition back up, uh, that golf course is a really cool golf course. You said it about the condition. I didn't say anything, but it, uh, it, could, be in a bit, it, it could be in a little better shape. I'll give you I, that. I know. I'm probably going to get ripped on for this, but <laughs> – that's main golf talk. You, you got you to throw some uh, some. You'll be real, man. You'll be real. You'll be real. So, uh, okay. So, you walk you walk Sugarloaf. You've played up here all the time. You know what's uh, what's the feeling when you bring up your crew that 
you know, I know there's some guys that haven't played before up here that you'll bring up and, you know, you guys have this awesome trip set out all every year. Like, okay. So first off the guys, yeah, the guys that I play with in the fall finale, literally in January, they are doing group texts about the Sugarloaf trip. That's all these guys care about in the entire year of golf. Um, Sugarloaf is such a special place. I'm not just saying that because you're, because I'm talking to you. It's, it, so let me put it this way. My entire life, I've been playing golf 22 years. Before this summer, Sugarloaf was the hardest golf course I've ever played in my life, period. I played in the NEPJ Championship at Myopia in Massachusetts. That was the hardest golf course I've ever stepped foot on, period, end of story. But Sugarloaf, is absolutely brutal. If it wasn't for the mountain views, I'd probably want to kill myself every time I play it. Um, you need to blow up the 15th hole. You need to blow up the sixth hole. And I want to be there. I want to be the one who sparks the fire on the sixth hole because I've never made better than a bogey there. And I've played that golf course probably 25 times. Um, no, Sugarloaf is incredible. It's it's the best golf experience in the state of Maine. If, if an alien landed in Maine and said, I need to play one golf course, I send me Sugarloaf, period. Not, not even close. I would. So you mentioned the, uh, the fall finale. So for our listeners that have, don't know what the fall finale is, it's our end of the year golf tournament. Uh, happens on the Saturday before we close. Uh, it's a five-person scramble. And we have all kinds of crazy stuff out there. We have a big cup. We have a bullseye spin the wheel with a couple pins. Uh, and it all goes towards our junior golf fund to kind of help, you know, do whatever we need to. Like we started a high school golf team and all this, but uh, this was the uh, first year that we ever had to cancel it. We had, uh, we had snow and ice down here and we got about four inches of snow up on top of the mountain. So had it been playable, we might've actually been able to do a ski and tee, which would have been really crazy. <laughs> it's really a shame that that, that, that tournament's canceled. It's, it's an absolute blast. The chili that you serve is like money too. It's so good. And uh, I really, really enjoy that golf tournament. Look forward to it next year. So Alex, you guys, uh, we're going to go back to Goose River. Uh, you guys have had done some renovations, some, uh, you know, added cart bats, all this. Uh, any, any major plans for the, uh, the coming years? Yeah, so our biggest issue at Goose River, period, is drainage. We are in what's referred to as a floodplain. Um, there are times when, and we also have clay soil, which tends to um, kind of pool water. Water kind of pools on the surface, uh, doesn't really go through. Our biggest issue, like I said, is drainage. And we are looking at potentially putting in an irrigation pond at some point that would help collect the water. Um, we've done a ton of drainage work with excavators, stuff like that. Car paths, car paths were huge because there's like a month every spring that I can't let golf carts out because it's just too wet. And now if I have car paths, I can just say car path only. So that's probably the biggest thing. Um, lots of tree work, putting in a new first tee, uh, big renovation of the clubhouse. Um, kind of new ceiling, all that stuff, but the cart paths are the main thing. And like I said, irrigation potentially 
in the future. Uh, anybody who's played the golf course knows that, that it's, it's very bumpy in certain spots. So if we had irrigation, we could kind of fill those areas out. But car paths are definitely the biggest, uh, biggest thing that, that we've done so far. Yeah, we've, I've heard really good things about that, uh, that addition to the cart paths and, you know, drainage is, yeah, I know from firsthand, drainage <laughs> is key and, uh, Everything. you know, if you guys can do that, I mean, that's, that's only going to help you guys for long run. Right. And, and as you know, we have severe elevation on parts of our golf course. So all this water just rushes off and stays in one place. So certain parts of our golf course just get hammered with moisture. Um, so having the paths are just huge and just continued drainage work. So you guys are approaching the end of year four or you're approaching year end of year four uh, as head pro. What, uh, what are you most excited about for uh, that uh, fifth year here? As long as they, uh, you know, don't fire you in the next, next couple months. They'd be smart to probably. Um, <clears throat> the number one thing that I'm most excited about is just continuing the culture that we have established here. That's like the thing I'm most proud of. So the locals kind of joke that, that our clubhouse is like cheers. Everybody knows your name. You know, you come in here and the minute you enter the door, my guys will have the beer that you like ready for you to go. Cause we know you, we know who you are. I got guys who come here just to drink, just to hang out when they're not playing golf. So we have the most laid back culture. Uh, I let people play barefoot. I let people play with their dogs. Uh, that's been a huge hit. Um, it's just super, super laid back. We got a great deck, always got music going. So, you know, I got reggae going, I got Dave Matthews, got all this good stuff going. So um, I'm just excited to continue the culture. Um, I really, really look forward to that every day. We, we have zero pretension here. Everybody's relaxed. And uh, that's the thing I'm most excited about. Obviously, the, the on-course improvements, the increased play, but just continuing the vibe. I mean, we built it, and it's, it, it's time to just kind of cement it and uh, keep it going. And, I mean, you guys just had uh, Jeff Seavey come on board with you guys this year. I mean, that is a massive – improvement or increase for your teaching program? So no doubt. So we, first off, Jeff Seavey's not a human being sometimes when he plays golf. His, his, his record at Sugarloaf should prove that he is in fact an alien. Um, but we have a unique situation. The only other driving range in the area is at the Samoset. And a lot of times it's not open. So we get the majority of people who come to hit balls. And now that Jeff is here, our credibility with, with, with teaching has just gone through the roof. I mean, Jeff is obviously, you know, for 25 years, been one of the best playing pros and teaching pros in the country. Um, you know, the top 300 PGA uh, pros in the United States qualify for the PNC every year. So it's 300 out of, what, 28,000? And he's now playing in it for his 14th year. So... Jeff's records like speaks for itself and to have him at a place like this is quite frankly, like incredible. I mean, I never, never dreamt that, that, that I could get him away from the Samoset, but um, life happens. And uh, he was excited about his first year. And I asked him at the end of the year, I said, are you coming back? And he said, 
please do not get rid of me. He loves it here. Um, and he loves being able to play as much as he has. So it's been a huge addition, huge addition for us. And he's a great guy. He, he, he's one of my best friends. So can't, can't complain about anything with Jeff. Yeah. I mean, TV's not only is he a great player, but he's a great instructor and he really knows the, uh, the golf swing. And, you know, like you said, you know, the fact that you can give him opportunities to go play and, you know, continue what he loves doing is that's a great team right there. You know, that's, that's I mean, a when he was, yeah, when he was holding the state of Maine trophy, I'm like, I like your goose river shirt, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Cole. We always, everybody tries to like be like, Hey Cole, uh, you should rock the uh, sugar loaf for the uh, goose river. Sam oh, said yeah. logo. Oh yeah. I know. I know. Trust me. Everybody wants to be associated with a winner, right? Why do you think nobody's giving me stuff? <laughs> I right. had to bribe, yeah, I had to bribe Callaway to get me on their staff. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. I, I, we were not even going to get started on Callaway and what's there going go. on there. But <laughs> So, Alex, we're going to uh, finish this up with our yeah. uh, infamous uh, Wicked Fire. Yeah. I want to ask you a few questions, and uh, you answer them as quickly as you can. Let's do it. Favorite nine-hole track outside – of Goose River. North Haven. If you could play five rounds at five different golf courses in Maine in five days, what would be your five courses? Sugarloaf, Belgrade, North Haven, Portland Country Club, and Mount Kineo. That's a, uh, that's a solid little trip right there. A lot uh, of driving. If Henry and I were to come play uh, Goose River today, where uh, where should we go eat after our round? Long Grain, as Thai restaurant. It's the best Thai food you'll ever ever put your mouth on. Oh, actually, that that does sound really good right about now. Yes. And uh, our final one: What is the best nickname outside of your Plum Dog Millionaire? For me, for any golf nickname. Any golf nickname. Wow. Um, man, you guys put me on the spot here. I mean, I'm going to have to go local. I got a junior that I teach who, uh, who's also a tennis player. We're trying to wrestle him away from tennis. He's a big Novak Djokovic fan, so he's known around Goose as the Joker, and I kind of like that. I like that one. And then uh, I got one more here for you. Yeah. Would you rather take a 59 or win the uh, main amateur? Or win the what? Or win the main amateur. I mean, I want the 59, bro. It's quite the accomplishment, so. I mean, is that 59 for nine holes? Uh, for you and me, probably. Because I can do that. Well, good. So Alex, uh, thanks for having us or uh, having uh, time and taking time out of your day to uh, join us on the podcast. Uh, you know, if people are trying to uh, come play your golf course next year, uh, where where should they go and who should they talk to? So that's a great question. So obviously we have a website, gooseRiverGolf.com. Um, you can see the phone number, the email, all that's on the website. Just call me. 
you'll never ever go to a more relaxed golf course. So just, just come on over. We'll get you out and uh, you'll enjoy the, you'll enjoy the time. I'll give you some good recommendations for in town and uh, please, please come see the goose. You'll have a lot of fun. Well, you heard it from the uh, plum dog millionaire. So uh, Alex, thanks again for uh, coming on. And uh, this has been another episode of Maine Golf Talk. For, uh, for our listeners, if you want to follow us, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Maine Golf Talk. And uh, until next time, guys, enjoy the last little bit of uh, golf in, uh, in Maine. Mm-hmm.